0: are tuned into cfcr 90.5 fm it's the f emphasis edition of punch radio so we have nerdy news but we have regular news to share with you as well because there's just so much going on at the station over the next two weeks definitely want to make you aware of some of the perks and things that you can get and if you do want to pledge because you appreciate punch radio and you want to you know, give us a little credit for that. Our code is 7-9. So just mention that when you uh, make your pledge. There's lots of different ways that you can make your pledge, by the way. Uh, You can go to the website, cfcr.ca. All the details are there. You can go to the station. They're kind of discouraging that still because, you know, COVID, what have you, but you can do that. Uh, They're open from 10 to 6, Monday through Friday. And you can also call and make a pledge over the phone. And the number to call is 306-664-6678. This year, our goal is $75,000. A lot of that goes towards just keeping the station running and expenses like CD players, which chronically break down, Maybe getting a new board. The station really wants to try to archive a lot of the shows so that, I mean, you can go to a lot of the different podcasts and find Punch Radio because we have an awesome person, Hank Cruz, on our team who devotes himself to that every week to posting all of the new episodes. But not every show has someone as gifted and talented and attractive as Hank. So, We would like it if you could go back and listen to all of the old episodes of your favorite things from Mm CSCR. So that's another thing that some of the money actually goes to. Here are some of the rundown of what you can get. If you make a pledge of $25, you get to be entered into prize number one. Uh, You also get entered into a draw for um, gift certificates, which are half the value of your donation, which is pretty cool. So you might win some cool gift certificates. If you make a pledge of $75, you get into prize one and two, you get half your donation in gift certificates entered into a draw. So potentially winning that. And a t-shirt. And the t-shirt's really good this year. They're always classic. They're always good. And they're actually very nice, soft material. If you double your wager and pledge $150, you get the t-shirt, potentially winning some gift cards of half your donation, and you get into prize one, two, and three. And finally, for $250 or more, you get prizes one, two, three, four, entered the t-shirt, and potentially winning some gift cards for half your donation. So that is super, super cool. Now, pray tell, what are those prizes? So prize number one is a ground yoga three-month membership and a t-shirt and a cup. Prize number two, Spoken Sport has generously donated a ski package. Number three, there's actually two different ones for number three. There's an Escape Sports Camp Kitchen, which is valued at over $1,000. And St. John's Music has donated a banjo, which is worth almost two grand. I totally want that banjo. I've always wanted to learn how to play a banjo. I don't know that I can. I can play some guitar poorly but banjo is like a whole nother level. How awesome would it be to win a banjo? Do you have a banjo, Brennan?
1: No, but I'm in the same boat. I always want a banjo. I actually have a relative who had a semi hollow body guitar and they took the neck off and put a banjo neck and it's a banjo guitar hybrid, which is really cool. And every time I go over, I play it. And this makes me want to get a banjo every time I play that guitar. So cool, that's a great prize.
0: Super good prize. It's only excelled by the next prize, which is the number four. You got to pledge the big money, $250 or more, but it's $800 of gift cards at Hearth. Now, if you haven't been to Hearth, you should go. It is a local restaurant and they uh, focus on local ingredients and their food is stellar. It's a nice little environment. It's just off of Ruth. I've been there a number of times and it's one of my favorite restaurants in Saskatoon by far. So that is... An amazing, amazing prize. Yeah. So pledge some money, keep us on the air. CFCR is a worthy, worthy cause. And, you know, if you're thinking, well, I don't have $250, well, maybe you have four other friends and you could all pledge $50 and pool it together and make that $250 pledge so you're eligible. And then, hey, if you win, you can all go to have a super amazing dinner and drinks and like blow the top off that would be amazing so that is something that you can do absolutely so keep that in mind there are lots of great reasons to pledge but also great perks to get for pledging so again visit the website cfcr.ca for all the details on how you can make that happen okay so Let's get the show rolling because we do have a lot of information to uh, deliver today. There's some stuff going on. Brennan saw a really cool movie. He saw The Imperfects on Netflix, so we're going to talk about that. There's the brand new launched this week on Wednesday, uh, Tuesday, I guess. Batman Robin, Batman versus Robin, number one. So this is uh, written by Mark Wade with art by Mahmoud Azrar. And it's amazing. I want to talk about that. And also last week, the brand new book from Linda Berry came out. It's so magic. I just love her to death. I love everything she does. And I want to talk about that. And of course, we're going to throw things over to Hank and Craig for their uh, take on pop culture for the week as well. So without further ado, Brennan. What the heck is The Imperfects?
1: Okay, so I was committing myself thinking, for the show, I'm going to watch, you know, read comics all the time. And now that I have the internet in my house, I find I'm actually watching more shows because it's easy to put something on while I'm doing other work. The Imperfect is a brand new series on Netflix. So not a movie, it's an actual series. Uh, it's 10 episodes in. Uh, it was created by Dennis Heaton and Shelley Erickson. And it is about... A group of three 20-somethings that are all on this medication, and one day their medication stopped showing up, and they're now having these bizarre side effects. So they decided to go find the doctor who gave them the pills. And we find out they were part of a wellness program when they were children, and they were being experimented on ways that they didn't know. And now pills aren't coming, they're not taking them. They're all getting superhuman type powers. So the premise of the show is they're trying to figure out why they have these powers. They're trying to figure out what happened to them. And they basically want to cure themselves of their new heightened abilities. Not going to lie, full disclosure, when I saw the preview, I thought, "Eh, okay, like it looks okay, but nothing that really stood out to me. It looked a little bit glossy, the entire cast, for being like geeks and misfits we're all like super attractive, you know what I mean? So even like the older doctors, like really like is, anyway. Um, but I thought I'd give it a shot and I watched episode one and I was hooked and I'm already on episode six and I've never watched a show like that. It's really good. In the eighties, there was a show called The Misfits of Science, um, which was kind of the same premise. We had this misfits group of people, they get these powers and then they get in strange adventures. They redid a version of that, I think quite recently just called The Misfits, I believe it was a, a UK show or something. It's the same kind of vibe. Um, I love the idea when you take super powered or sci-fi characters and put them in a scene that's more based in reality, okay? So there aren't a lot of them. They're not jumping from building to building. They're not wearing capes, not wearing costumes. They're just trying to come to grips with these new abilities they have. Um, in a way, it reminds me of Midnight's Children. Was that the J. Michael Stravinsky comic, Midnight's Children? where there was a comet or something, and all these kids started getting powers. It was around the same time as Astro City. It reminds me a bit about that, because every episode so far, we meet a different character who shows up that has some different ability, and they're all very personal. So it's not like you have a whole bunch of things. You might be the one person that has super strength, You might be the one person that has acute hearing. Um, One character has pheromones that you can control how people react to it Um, it has a little bit of like a young adult sort of vibe to it as far as it's kind of glossy it's very bright it takes place in Seattle which I also found really interesting it's not dark or moody it's like hey we're in Seattle there's even a reference where one of the characters uh partners gets mad at them and so they say she took a bus to Vancouver to take a break from you for a while which which I super loved Um, But it has sort of a vibe of, like, the preacher meets the boys, but not nearly as... So if you like the idea of a superhero story that's off-kilter, a little bit different, um, it has a bit of gore, it has some language, it has some adult scenes, but it's also very watchable and very palatable. It has a very diverse um, uh, cast, but not in a way that's distraction. No one seems, though, there's a place there to fill a gap or anything. Um, Between... Yeah, all the characters, I don't want to give too much more away. Um, it's, it's really interesting. It's really fun. Um, there's even a character, now I did a little research, who I haven't come across this yet, but apparently is going to, is a, an asexual character who comes out as being queer later on. Um, and so even within, you know, like gender boundaries and stuff, it's, it's just very open. But also it feels very natural. Nothing feels forced. Um, it's a lot of fun. Um, one of the characters sings in like a punk band. And the music was good for kind of like a punk, kind of fun band, the lyrics were horrible. And I don't know why that stuck out with me. Later on, they go to attack this mansion and one of our heroes um, played by Tida Weber from uh, Fort McMurray um, has super hearing and they blast this music. So she can't figure out where they're coming in from. And when they cut from inside to outside so you can hear the music, what they're blaring is baby metal. The Japanese. (laughs) And that's what they're using to mess up her hearing with, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, it's really fun. Like, it's not heavy, but it's done well enough that you can watch it and enjoy it and not feel like you're being weighed down by anything. All performances are good. It's a really fun show if you want, like, a good superhero show that's not really a superhero show.
0: Okay. I am going to take your recommendation and check that out. Cool. Well, let's see what other recommendations we can glean from Hank and Craig. Take it away, fellas.
2: Hey everybody, it's Craig Siliphant on CFCR 90.5 FM on Punch Radio. And I'm here with my good friend Hank Cruz. Hi hey, Cruz, yeah.
3: On punch radio. Yep. Yeah.
2: Punch radio. That's how we're saying it today. Because we're trying to find our frequency. Because it's f emphasis on right now so support your volunteer powered alternative community radio station from september 10th to 23rd make your pledge at f emphasis so you can go to cfcr.ca and pledge of course it's the annual fundraising drive they got some uh, big goals this year and uh you know things like continued improvements towards the station new studio equipment that kind of stuff fun stuff like that uh and of course Every time you donate, you are entered to win some pretty serious prizes. So, uh, you know, 25 bucks, you get entered to win grand prize draw number one and a gift card prize pack uh, valued up to half your donation. Uh, 75 bucks, you get a CFCR Find Your Frequency t-shirt uh, with the new high-wattage design. That looks pretty cool. Plus, you get entered into a couple of grand prizes uh, and so forth from there. You can find more information at cfcr.ca, but some great uh, prizes, some great uh, the big prizes the grand prize draws i know there's uh stuff from uh ground yoga uh spoken sport uh lots of cool stuff escape sports uh saint john's music uh hearth restaurants you know all kinds of great sponsors and stuff that you can win some great prizes from cfcr.ca give whatever you can but at, at that 25 dollar threshold i think you start getting entered for some of the wicked wicked cool draws that's how we say it where i'm from wicked it's, cool draws it's, it's,
3: that that's what the kids say on the streets
2: that's what the kids say on the streets of well college park where i was raised uh yeah. now we want to talk a bit about the Emmys. I didn't get a chance to see anything because I was out of town the, earlier uh, when the Emmys were on. But Hank saw the whole thing. So he's going to catch all of us up at once. Go.
3: Well, one uh, one thing is like you don't have to worry about not seeing it because nobody else watched it either. It's like the <laughs> lowest rated Emmys of all time. I guess, All I yes. saw was
2: like Jimmy Kimmel was in hot water for lying down on stage, but I didn't understand why.
3: Yeah, so uh, Jimmy Kimmel's thing was uh, Will Arnett uh, dragged him out there because they were both supposed to be presenting. And they said uh, um, that because Jimmy uh, has never won an Emmy and he feels really bad, and so he had too many drinks backstage and he passed out, so he brought him out. It actually was one of the only funny things that happened uh, during the Emmys. We've talked about this before. Most award shows suck. Uh, There is no point in them at all because it's the same few shows when there's like 300 television shows and like four get nominated. It's like, what is the point? Um, But Jennifer Coolidge, the highlight was Jennifer Coolidge won for her role in White Lotus, which I still say Good. is the best performance of her career. Yes. Um, she was great. Uh, Julia Garner won for Ozark, which is the best performance of her career so far. Uh, Jason Sudeikis won for Ted Lasso, which I was hoping for. Uh, Zendaya won for Euphoria, which she deserved to win that one as well. Yeah. And the Squid Game uh, won a bunch of stuff on there. Uh, so about, the things uh, that I, uh,
2: What about uh, Better Call Saul?
3: Nope.
2: Nothing. They were punked in their last year.
3: Yeah, and other than um, Julia Garner winning for Ozark, Ozark didn't really win anything, and it's like, yeah, yeah Stupid I Andy. tell ya, God, I hate you, I don't know, but one thing that they did that I got excited about was they started to put everybody's thank yous at the bottom of the screen, so they submitted them in advance, and it says oh. Julia Garner would like to thank blah, blah, blah. So I'm thinking they're putting these at the bottom of the screen so that the people that are actually up there getting the award can just tell a quick story or say something funny and then go, oh, thank you so much, and then leave. No, most of them are still saying their thank yous, although the thank yous they pre-submitted that are going at the bottom of the screen. So I thought that it was going to be awesome because it went, oh, great, now it'll be hilarious. They'll be able to say something funny, and you see the stupid thank yous on the bottom nobody cares about. No, no. So I'm saying if they want to update the show, what they need to do is get the nominees to write a thank you speech for one of the other nominees and they all write one for each other. And then your real thank yous are at the bottom of the screen, but then you read one that one of your other uh, nominees wrote for you, which should in theory be hilarious or something in there that would be funny. You got to do something because this show is a, it's a joke. And it started with uh, Keenan Thompson uh, was the host, although really he was on there for, Five minutes of the show because there's not really a, a host, right? Um, he made another joke about Leonardo DiCaprio sleeping with younger women. Every award show they pick on Leonardo DiCaprio for hanging out with younger ladies because he gets older, but the ladies he dates are the same age. They made another, and I'm like, why? Are they, and like, and Leonardo's, it's not funny. Like, I don't understand. And every award show, yeah, but Will Arnett, Jimmy Kimmel was funny. There was uh, Selena Gomez, Steve Martin, and, or sorry, Steve Martin Short, if you combine them like I do um, from Only Murders in the Building, they were quite funny. But with every award show, I say this every time. I never want to watch them, but I do. So I can tell you how bad they are. And for the people that win or even coming out to present, your job is to act. So can you please act like an award winner? Because when you get up there and you're like, oh, I don't know what's, oh my goodness. And even people presenting, they haven't read what they're supposed to say. And they're trying to read a teleprompter stuff. You are an actor. That's your job. Go up on stage and act. Can you just act? Like, oh, my God, it is just like, ugh. and so far behind, too. Like, some of these shows were released forever ago, and you're like, they're waiting for season one. What, season two's already done? And you're Like, I don't know what's going on here. So, skip it. Um, A waste of time. And, of course, that's why nobody watches it.
2: Well, I'm definitely mad that uh, especially Ray Seahorn from Better Call Saul uh, didn't buy anything. In fact, there's a, or didn't win anything. A couple of great <laughs> actors on that show that should have been recognized but ray seahorn especially was just They uh they
3: movie. were there in the audience uh, bob odenkirk was there looking good and uh yeah but uh nothing going i just but i don't know because they're so far behind that might not be nominations oh. for the final season of better call saul right. we might have to wait for a year for well, this season point. to be All on right. there so i don't know
2: they can they can have their redemption uh, show next year. Hey, you know I have a sudden urge to talk about F emphasis. I don't know where it's coming from, but it's just uh, it's it's on my brain. It's hot. It's it's sizzling so uh, it's f emphasis 2022 right now support your volunteer powered alternative community radio station at cfcr.ca backslash donate make your pledge is
3: that what uh, your frequency is craig is that 90.5 is your frequency like that's that. my frequency i'm
2: operating at, yeah. i'm operating at a frequency pretty close to that uh, of course as i said earlier in the show there's lots of prizes and lots of cool stuff that you get when you donate you can check all that out at cfcr.ca there's a big banner just look for the find your frequency banner and all the information's on there about the cool prizes uh we got a couple minutes left here i want to plug something else going on this weekend in town what's going
3: on this weekend craig
2: word on the street Word on the Street, Saskatoon's Book and Magazine Festival. It's uh, Saturday and Sunday, so like tomorrow and Sunday, I guess, mostly Saturday, uh, down at the Refinery and the Cosmo Senior Center. There's two different venues, really. Uh, There's also something fun going on for the kids in W.E. Graham Park on Saturday from 1130 to 5, but there's lots of great writers uh, appearing at this thing. You've got like Guy Vanderhaeg, who released August into Winter this year, uh, Michelle Good, uh, who had a great book with Five Little Indians, uh, Alice Kuyper with uh, Pia's Plans. Uh, Christine Scarrow, The Gamer's Guide to Getting the Girl. And she's also the Saskatoon Library new writer in residence. Uh, uh, you know, there's uh, Anthony Badalka is going to be down there at, uh, with his book Going to Beautiful. Uh, there's a little food session with Naomi Hansen and Renee Coleman, who both released books this year. And, of course, the thing I've been leading up to the whole time, the most important session of the entire thing at 4 o'clock. Is
3: that when we come and film Punch TV?
2: Yeah. I, yeah it is i think we're gonna i think you got well i'm gonna be down there anyway but i think you guys are gonna be down there filming like there's funny. other
3: important things happening really there
2: is at four o'clock at the refinery it is the short fiction session with myself oh. uh promoting my book uh nothing you do matters and my partner in short fiction uh Teresa slind who released her book only if we are caught uh, which I, I just finished reading and it's one of the best books I've read all year some amazing uh, fiction in there I was actually surprised how much I liked it I had lunch with her a week or two ago and was just uh, you know gushing at how much I liked it so uh, Teresa and I are going to do a session on short uh, fiction so we're probably just going to read a bit of our work and moderators and audience uh, will ask questions and things like that so it should be fun I mean it's uh, nice to see some of these things starting again after COVID and I hope there's a, a good turnout that's The Word on the Street Saskatoon Book and Music Festival Saturday, September 17th and there's a few online things on the 18th too but you can and
3: and, uh, and what time was uh what time was your session there
2: that's at 4 p.m at the refinery the refinery so uh anyway we're about out of time here we got to throw back to jody but don't forget to donate to f emphasis and come down to word on the street
0: all right thank you guys so f emphasis keeps cfcr on the airwaves And we could not do this without the support of our silver sponsors like Pizza Hut, Glitch Gifts and Novelties, Black Pepper, and the Broadway Cafe. When you donate to F Emphasis, you'll be entered to win gift card prize packs from these and other sponsors. So donate today. F Emphasis 2022 on CFCR. Find your frequency. Awesome. Okay. So Batman versus Robin, number one, came out this week as i said before it's written by mark wade and it is illustrated by mahmoud asrar and okay big spoiler alfred is alive he just comes knocking on the door and maybe damien is possessed so damien comes to the manor to attack bruce he is wanting to wipe him out. He thinks that he should be the Batman. He's got these other characters with him that are in his thrall. Alfred's there. And uh, Damien has a lot of guilt. So, okay, backtrack a little bit. This year, last year, whatever, Robin has been a series where uh, Damien has gone to this like Lazarus Island to compete in this like winner-take-all you know, death match, basically. And um, in there, we meet Mother Soul. So Mother Soul is his, like, grandmother. I'm not 100% sure what, like, the, the, the line is. But she's definitely got, like, some Raza Gould connection. So maybe his mom. Not sure. Anyway, in this story, in Batman versus Robin, I think it's Mother Soul and another character, Devil Neza. Who are concocting some way of possessing Damien to do these weird things because he's not his usual self he just isn't now this devil character is apparently in World's Finest which I have not been reading because I'm not really a Superman fan it's a Batman Superman thing but it is written by Mark Wade, so there's the tie-in there basically this guy is like Doomsday, he has the same super strength, powers, endurance, all that stuff. But this guy is smart and he can use magic. So in this first issue, Batman goes to see Zatanna to find out what the heck's going on. Like, Does she have any insight on what's happening with, with Damien? And her world's all screwed up. Constantine's world is all screwed up. Swamp Thing's world is all screwed up. Magic has been screwed up by Damien and these two other ones. So as a result, everything's topsy-turvy. Anything could happen in the DCU universe as a, as a result. It's just crazy. Now, Brennan, you talked about World's Finest. You talked about this a couple of months ago when it came out. Uh, how is it? What's the tone of World's Finest?
1: World's Finest was, was great. Now, I just read the first couple issues, and then I just fell off a little bit. Uh, if... Mark Wade is someone that is great for writing a good classic comic book story. When Daredevil got all weird and he became a demon, all that kind of stuff, then Mark Waite took it over, went back to square one, and it was brilliant. Uh, World's Finest was the same kind of thing. It seemed very, uh, very classic, very clean, but yet Doom Patrol shows up in the first issue. So he's really good at blending elements and making them work in ways that you might not expect. World's Finest was great. It was a really good read. It was really fun. Um, so even talking about Batman versus Robin sounds like something that would be right up his alley, how we can take all these different elements and really combine them together. You know, and I always find it interesting when they actually try to bring more of the magic into a mainstream kind of book, like bringing the dark universe and having it at play. So this based on your description, i I want to go pick it up. It sounds really interesting. Yep. It's awesome. I
0: think I threw one in your file, so you're covered. Cool. Uh, but yeah, it definitely has that like Justice Lee dark, feel to it so I'm actually really looking forward to this I've been reading Robin I liked it and I'm curious to see where this goes but what I'm most excited about this week is of course It's So Magic by Linda Berry Her work is just outstanding. I love her. She's put out like a lot in the last two decades. Basically, a lot of her comics surround the story of two sisters, Marlis and Maybon. And uh, last year, she came out with One Hundred Demons, which I talked about on the show. But what I love her the most for is she's got like these instructional books. Um, she is an associate professor of art at the University of Wisconsin Madison and she's amazing she's got this whole approach of like why does art need to be a commodity why do you have to worry about the product kids when they do art they don't worry about that it's about process it's enjoying the experience of making art and not worrying about what you end up with don't worry about being judged by other people by the result that you can't draw, just draw for the fun of it. And so she gives all these different exercises and things for you to like try to tap into that. Uh, She's got a few books, syllabus, making comics and picture this are ones that you absolutely should pick up. Uh, But all her stuff is so good and it's so magic is touching. It's quite autobiographical. It's a lot of stuff has to do with music and it's amazing. And we've run out of time. So just get it. Just pick up anything you can of Linda Barry and you won't be sorry. I guarantee it. And pledge, please pledge to F Emphasis. um, Get some goodies, but also keep us on the air. That's all we can ask. And uh, you know where to find us. We'll be here next week for, I think, like the basic last day of F F Emphasis here on Punch Radio, CFCR 90.5 FM. And in the meantime... (laughs) Dukes <laughs>